Welcome to the Tantric Lounge. Now, in a departure from our usual way of doing things, I'm going to lead today's program because today's program is all about tantric dominance and submission. And I'm going to submit to the experience. So I'm going to be the dom. And Jacqueline's going to be? The submissive. Okay. But first, Mm. let me wish you a happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. It's my birthday today. You might need to get closer to the microphone. It's my birthday today. Good. Okay. Now, tantric bondage and submission. Yes. Tell me about that, Jacqueline. Oh, must I? Take your time. (laughs) Let the listeners explore what bondage and submission actually means first. You're really going to have to stop that voice, Saviour. <laughs> my entire left side of my brain is going to switch off and I won't be able to function at all. Which is, which is mm. part of the process, isn't it? Well, absolutely. What you're doing tantrically is, is sinking in, right? You're creating a space where you can both let go into. This or, is sync. There's more than two of you. This is mm. sync as in S-Y-N-C. It's sync as in both. Oh, it's so you're S-I-N-K, S-I-N-K as well. And S-Y-N-C. You have right. to sink. In fact, you have to sink in to sink in. You have to S-I-N-K in, sink in, to be able to sink in S-Y-N-C across each other. Mm. Right. And in so doing, you're basically enabling yourself to transcend the ego. Right. Right. And this is one of the key differences between tantric sex and more straight sex. I, I must ask at this point, what is this ego thing that we are transcending? When we're talking about people being egotistical in a sexual context, mm. what does that actually mean? It means they're being driven. It means they're being driven from the ego, right? So that's that part of themselves that that wants to be in control and wants to exist and and, and wants to feel and stay sort of separate and a, and a unique identity. So what we're trying to do... When and, we try, and is trying to constantly build up an image of itself yes. that it then has to maintain. Yes, right, because what you're trying to do in terms of spiritual growth is lose that sense of duality, right? So rather than us being separate individuals in this physical world, you start to lose that sense of, of, of isolation that most of us live with and feel a much greater connection. Which is one of the main reasons that people engage in sexual activity Anyway, beyond just the physical mm. orgasm, yes. people are seeking a connection. They're seeking, actually, ironically, to transcend their ego in the first place. Yes. Through but, sex. Yes. But it can actually be kind of scary to do that, right? And often you only get moments of it, right? But if you go into the act with that intention and that awareness and that understanding and you're actually uh, careful enough to set up a situation so that you can then that gives you the freedom and the space to sort of like dive into it and sink into it, right? Rather than coming at it, particularly because I've talked about this a lot, that our modern approach to sex is often more of a performance than a letting go. So in other words, it's actually a persona <coughs> laid over an ego rather yes. than a transcendence of an ego. Absolutely. It's completely the opposite. It's completely the opposite to what we're talking about here. All right. Mm. So what does the... When this all, there's, all, there's also an acronym, BDSM. Yes. What does the BDSM stand for? Okay, so BDSM stands for Bondage, Discipline and Sadomasochism. Right. 
which for many people sounds horribly scary. It sounds like people are building dungeons in their basement, complete with whips and hot pokers that might be or might not be inserted into various orifices at various times. But that's just my fantasy. Right. What does it actually mean in real life? Middle America, Middle Australia, Middle Canada, etc. Um, so, well, yes, it does have those elements. Bondage is certainly a part of it. Discipline, well, I call that command, really. It's, it's, so basically what you've got here, so we talk about the yin and yang of sex, right? And some of the yin and yang elements of sex are commanding and following, leading and following, all right? So when you're playing in this field, Often the leading person is called the dominant and the following person is called the submissive, right? So let's explore those roles a little bit more. Yeah. So the person who is the dominant is what I would call double yang, in fact, because not only are they leading the encounter, they're generally doing things as well. And the submissive is double yin because they're following the lead and they're also the receptive ones. Being done too. Being done too. Although you can also do dominance and submission where the the dom is actually instructing the submissive to do things to them as well. So sometimes you can switch that role. Okay, so let's mm. let's take this a little bit more in more concrete terms. You have an encounter between two consenting informed adults. You do. Or possibly more. Or possibly more, but let's, 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 let's stick let's baby two. steps, Jacqueline. Yes, <laughs> we'll stick to two for baby the sake steps. of simplicity. Okay, yes. Right. You have a dominant who takes upon uh, who takes a role that mm-hmm. is not acting. Preferably not. Like you can act BDSM. I've seen it many times. And there's a very there's a there's a qualitative difference between people who are engaging in this kind of sexual play from that deep connected you know, energetic space and people who are acting out roles. Mm-hmm. There's like when you're observing or engaging in that, that kind of deep connection, regardless of what the person is doing, but in this case we'll be talking about some kind of BDSM type type encounter and we'll talk more about what that might be shortly. There's, there's this kind of like, oh, there's this depth, there's this beauty, there's this like, oh, it's just, it's very, very erotic. Right? Whereas when people are just sort of like, you know, down, suffer, slave, whack, whack, oh, master, master, there's kind of like nothing to it. It's entertaining. It can be quite funny. It, well, actually, yes, it's usually quite funny, I think, because it, it's like a caricature. But, you know, look, some people like that level of play. Some people can't go tantric. Some people do not have the ability yet or the interest to actually truly let go. It's so a bit may- of a scary So space. maybe one of the early baby steps if people are new to this and are playing around with it is mm. to invoke the board. We've talked about the board archetype in other... Pro- in pro- the playful pro- side. The playful of side of things. So at least it's playful play acting. Oh, hey, hey, bloody man. Oh. <laughs> Take me there again. Oh, yeah, touch me there. Oh, put me there. Oh. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I think there's a side of you that really wants to come out and play. Anyway. Anyway, yes. anyway as we were saying. But, well, yes, look, you could sort of just play act just to get used to the activities or the actions that might um, that you might engage in. So fake it till you make it. Well, there's, there's the tantric connection, right, which we've been talking a lot about, and then there's what you do once you're in the space. Right? Mm. 
And ultimately, if you want to get into some tantric dominance and submission or some tantric kinky play, then you want to be familiar with both of those. And you could potentially work on both sides separately. So you practice your tantric connection and then in another sort of space you practice doing some of the BDSM-y type activities, possibly in a role play with a, oh, oh, you wicked man, if you want to. And then you could sort of start bringing them together. That could be one approach for people new to this when people are thinking about bdsm bondage dominance sadomasochism they have certain preconceptions in their head of the sort of doings and goings on that things Mm. that happen in those sorts of contexts yes what are the most common scenarios that people are going to have in their heads when they first think about this sort of stuff getting tied up would be one i guess yes yes so restraint is definitely one element so I'd say the key elements, the three key elements of, of kinky play or BDSM type play would be restraint, that's being restrained in some way, um, pain, playing you know, with pain and the, ple- the border of pleasure and pain, and command. So basically being told what to do or telling the other person what to do. Right? I mean, there are other elements as well. There's humiliation and, and so forth as well, which can be tied into that. But I'd like to focus on those. On those three elements. Okay, so, so, bond, so restraint, pain and command. Okay, let's talk mm. then first about restraint. Mm. So what what do you do with restraint? I mean, handcuffs? Potentially, but it doesn't have to be. Like you can combine command and restraint and just say, put your hands over your head and do not move them. So you are told. So that the restraint is more psychological and permissive rather than physical. Yes, yes. You don't have to become an expert in knots and ropes. No, you don't, but you can. There's a whole art. It's actually an art form called um, shibari. Shibari, that's S-H-I-B-A-R-I. Yes. Shibari. It's a Japanese term, and in fact there's... There are shibari dojos where people go to practice the art of, of bondage, basically. And you have your rope bunnies, who are the ones who are being tied up, and then you have your shibari trainees or pract- practitioners who, who do the tying. And Sort of like erotic macrame. <laughs> On a person, yes. On a person. Oh, I've seen some amazing shibari installations done. There was one that I saw once. It was the most extraordinary thing. It was, it was an, um, an art installation um, by this young master from Japan, actually, and he created this huge three-dimensional creation. It was like this huge cobweb, three-dimensional. And in the middle of it, he had this, this young, beautiful young woman tied up in this most exquisite way. She was kind of hanging in the middle of this amazingly intricate sort of thing with, and then coloured lights and, oh, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. And it took forever. And so part of this is the, there's often a quite a... So it was, an in, so it was a performance installation. It was so a performance it, so installation. So people actually saw it from the beginning. From the beginning, to all the, the way end. through. It wasn't just statically there with a no. mannequin. No, yeah. yeah. And there was also this other dance going on at the same time. And, like, this would, could sound really quite sick to some people, that on one side you've got this performance art of bondage and the other part there are people doing this kind of unusual sort of modern art dance thing where they were using blood... So some one person was kind of cutting out patterns on the other people's skin, which, like, sounds to many people like you've got to be joking. But it was done in such a beautiful, 
space, like the whole way the whole performance was created and as the audience you were sort of drawn into this, mm, it's, 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 tra- it's, like, it's a trance, like it's trance-inducing, altered states of consciousness. Which mm. is part of that whole transcendence that we were talking about earlier. Mm, mm. Absolutely. So getting back to, to the restraint side of things, so yes, it can be very intricate um, rope ties and so forth. And as the, as the submissive who's being tied up in that kind of situation, oh my God, it can just be exquisitely beautiful because it is so slow, right? I talk a lot about slowing down sex and tapping into the, to the subtle. And really good quality BDSM type play is slow and it is subtle because there's no way anybody's going to lose themselves completely in this way, if it's too intense, right? You've got to lead the person on a journey. I mean, intensity can come from that. I mean, last week we talked all about unleashing the wild thing, right? But, but this, but you can't also unleash the wild thing from zero to nothing. You've got to create the space. This is, after all, more a sinking than a plunging. Yes. So mm. you're immersing yourself in an experience yes. gradually rather than diving off the deep end and go, oh getting dragged straight to the bottom. Yes, yes. Um, so we're getting back to the bondage thing. So as we said, it can be anything from that psychological, you know, don't move <laughs> to actually being tied up. But it depends very much on what your eroticism is in terms of what you find erotically appealing, okay? So as I stress so many times with sex, it's not so much... You know, what you do, it's how you do it. And that's where the tantric element comes in. And then um, you overlay on that your particular eroticism. Okay, so if your eroticism is, you know, a dungeon with chains and so forth. Now, you're, uh, just for the benefit of mm. the listeners who haven't heard this term before, your eroticism is defined as what? Your sexual taste. Your sexual taste. Mm. Mm. Pre- your predilection, your, 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 where, what your turn-ons. Yeah, absolutely. Just like food. Like some people like sushi, other people don't like sushi. Some people like sweet, some people like sour, some people yeah. like bitter, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, some people get turned on by the feeling of chain tying them up. For other people, that's a turn-off, but they find the idea of um, a silk scarf tying them up. So, well, BDSM then in that case will be both a, can be both an exploration of a person's eroticism so mm. that they can find new things that they didn't even know. Mm but also a practice for those who are already very familiar with their own sexual tastes and yes. want to take it further or just simply experience this Just experience. experience it. I mean, if you know you already like this stuff, then, yeah, do it, enjoy it. And people who, get, who, who really enjoy this kind of play will have also, you know, they may well have a dungeon in the basement because that's what they like doing or they might just have some, you know, interesting little implements in their bedroom. Well, that's interesting. There's some iron rings bolted into the wall. I wonder what that's for. Clearly when did they, for when did they the show up? <laughs> sort of thing, yeah? Okay. We'll hmm. look at this in more detail after the break. Yes, the time has flown yet again. Good heavens. We'll join you again soon, listeners. Welcome back to the Tantric Lounge, where this week I'm taking the Dom position in our Tantric BDSM Yes, and I'm program. submitting, especially to that voice. Ooh. Interesting, we were just talking about eroticism and what works for me and what doesn't. And um, I know that particularly for me, the voice is so important. Like When my partner has a particular voice, then it's much easier for me to sink into that more submissive space. You could almost say that that's your trigger. Yes, 
So that's a very important thing that people can also explore. Mm. What are their erotic triggers? Mm. What's the what's the little switch that mm. people can generally get the mm. get in really quickly into that space mm. rather than spending. Yes, I had a wonderful um, play partner for a while where we would do tantric BDSM type stuff, and it was just wonderful. Like we'd be doing some play type stuff, and then it'd be like, oh, let's stop and have a cup of tea. Right? And then we'd sort of turn into normal chat, 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 chat. And after being chatting for a while, he'd go, come to me. A much better voice. Like you say, say, come to me. Come to me. Oh, no, 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 deeper. Come to me. Oh, you've got to be a little bit more drawing. Come to me. <laughs> That's closer. Yeah. Anyway. You, see, you can fine tune this. <laughs> yeah. And you do. You need to fine tune it. And it would ju- this was a very experienced guy. And just... That would just be, I'd just suddenly just go, okay. okay. <laughs> I would just go whoop, back into that more, they call it subspace. Which yeah. leads me into the next obvious question, mm. which is what is the pleasure for the dominant and what's the pleasure for the sub? Yes, okay. So <clears throat> stressing the fact that it's not about ego here, particularly for the dominant, right? And that's why it can actually be very hard to do be in the dominant role well, okay, because it's so easy for ego to get in the way, right, and to like get off on, oh yeah, you know, I'm either man or hey, yeah, you know, I'm your, I'm your, your dom or whatever, um, you know, male or female. It's actually a very responsible role because when you're in the dominant role, you're you're taking your partner on a journey. You are creating a space for them that they can let go into, right, and they won't be able to do that if there's any sense of unease or distrust or anything like that. In fact, the, if there's a key word mm. for this whole tantric BDSM experience, mm-hmm. it would be trust. Oh, absolutely. Which goes into what we were talking about last week as well when we were mm. looking at um, affecting the primitive. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so, so the dom is very responsible for that. The dom also has to be really exquisitely attuned to what's going on for their sub, right, and, and reading what's going on as well so that they can provide because basically what they're doing is providing an amazing experience for the sub, right? So even if for the outside eye it looks like, oh, my God, how can the sub be enjoying that? It's like they're being whipped or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the sub is actually enjoying it. If they weren't enjoying it, then they wouldn't be engaging in the experience. And the dom is providing experience of pleasure right and their enjoy the dom is satisfaction comes through the pleasure they're giving their partner and the creation of that and the creation of that right and yes there will also be some wonderful sense of power that comes with that because when someone submits to you entirely you can't help but be suffused with this fabulous feeling of power i must this is where i need to Mm. be say a few things about my experience with power mm. as we discuss this sort of stuff on off air as well as on air all the and time, all the time mm. constantly. Mm. And I was um, doing a tantric exercise the other day where I tuned into this great sense of power, mm. this tremendous sense of power suffusing my body, yes. suffusing my mind, mm. my spirit, etc. It was just pure power, mm. the, exp- the pleasure of power for its own sake. It was completely egoless. I had absolutely no interest Mm. in dominating anyone. I had no interest Mm. in controlling anyone Mm. or inflicting power on or having people do my will. It wasn't that sort of power. It was purely pure power 
for its own sake, for its own aesthetic pleasure. Yes. That's what egoless power feels like. Yes. And when you do that in a sexual encounter, so yes, as the dom, you do have the power, right? Your sub is trusting you to take them completely. Then there is a feeling of power and there's beautiful power. It's a beautiful sensation. Well, you don't have to sell me on it. No. It's like a master musician. Yeah, it's like, the, it's like the dom is like the musician who's playing the sub like an instrument. I would imagine that it's a lot like what happens to egoless athletes. Mm. If we're talking about physical power, which yeah. is a power that a lot of people can understand, mm. where you are so reveling in the joy of experiencing a powerful body doing something powerful mm. that it almost becomes, and it probably does when it's ego, totally egoless, irrelevant whether or not you win the race. Yes. The pleasure is all in the journey. Yes. Not in whether or not you cross the finish line. Yes. First. Mm. The irony is that if you can get into that space You're very often. to cross it first. <laughs> you, yeah. like, you cross the finish line first. Mm. So even those people who are often goal-oriented in mm. sex, mm. it's all about the big explosive orgasm at yeah. the end of it. Are less likely to have a big explosive uh, orgasm. If they stop thinking about it and yes. if they just revel in the experience. Mm. Mm. So, so getting back to the dom and what he or she is experiencing um, while engaging in this kind of tantric sexual play is they've also, as I've stressed before, you have to be very unattached to what you're doing. This is also part of not being ego-driven, right? It's, you might have some ideas about what you might like to do and play with, but you're not absolutely attached to it. You're not attached to the outcome. You're, lead, you're leading yes. yourself into an experience where a lot of things might happen and yes. you're leaving yourself open to the possibility that a whole bunch of things might happen mm-hmm. that you hadn't even planned, mm-hmm. predicted, yes. thought of, mm-hmm. imagined, mm-hmm. and just letting them happen. Yes. and very, Submit to the experience. Yeah, well, yes, because the Dom is also submitting to the experience as well. They're also letting themselves go to the creation Right? They're not. They're not sort of like rigidly holding on and controlling something. Right? You, it, it's a co. It's very much a co-creation. Right? Now, the other thing that's really important for the dom to be able to do is to be able to um, respond to the sub in a way that, without any of that sort of pettiness or, or something, if something's not working, it's just not working. Right? You can't sort of force the sub to go somewhere that they don't want to go. If you know. If, the, if it's not working for the sub, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the dom, right? The dom needs to, to work with it and, you know, redirect and refine things. It's not all about them. Again, that's, whole, that's part of the ego thing that yeah. you have to give up on. Yes, yeah. And you can't, you know, I sometimes have clients and stuff or whatever or people talk to me and they say, oh, you know, my partner doesn't want to do this, this and this or we tried doing this, this and this and then, you know, they didn't like it and, oh, you know, it was a real bummer and it was no good. I'm like, no, 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 no. You, that, if it's not working for your partner, then it's not working for either of you. And you, you've got to get rid of this stupid little boy, you know, defensive, little girl defensiveness, Right and be completely open to sharing the experience. As I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago with with this chap that I used to do this kind of play with, it was fantastic. We'd do some really yummy, exquisite things, and then it'd be, okay, let's have a cup of tea, right? And then we'd talk about it while we were having a cup of tea. It was just fantastic. I wouldn't be in subspace anymore. Um, Lots of feedback, how we found it. He was reveling in it because he'd never actually played with someone who was so so developed energetically. Like, you know, he's kind of like, whoa, you know, we're starting off places where I normally take 
people to. Um, he's like, well, I don't know where we're going to go with it. That was fantastic. Um, but, yeah, like he had to take my feedback. We were able to talk about it. it. There was no ego on his part that he was the dom so he knew exactly what to do and the sub was sort of this little pathetic weak person who just had to take whatever he wanted. No, that is a, that, that's more that, that role-play, ego-driven type BDSM. And we should mention also that even though you like the subspace and mm. you're a woman, it's mm. by no means that the dom is always the male and the Oh, God, no. No, in fact, that's one of the things I like about the whole, you know, kink scene and this alternative kink scene is that there's heaps of, like, gender bending and swapping of traditional roles. There's, there's no traditional, you know, men are like this, women are like, are like that. It's 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 what feels right for you and what you want to do. What are the rules? There have to be rules there for this. There have to be rules. So what are the rules? Absolutely. This can be very dangerous if you don't have the rules. You know, you're not going to do parachuting and jump out of an aeroplane unless you know you're going to be safe, right? Mm-hmm. So with this kind of play as well, it's only going to work if you have created a safe space, right? Which means you have to talk about it in quite some detail beforehand, Right? Especially if you're kind of new to this or if you're pushing your boundaries. You have to say, all right, you know, what might happen here? What might we do? What will we do if this happens or if this happens? Mm. Right? It's, and, you know, like if you talk about it and one of you says, okay, yeah, okay, I'm open to being tied up, but I don't want my hands and my feet tied. That would freak me out. It's too much. Right? Well, then the person who's in the dominant position has to respect that and not tie both of them up. I mean, that would just be disrespectful. Another good reason for going slow mm. because some people simply don't know themselves well enough mm. to be able to predict before they enter into the... Yes. And it may actually be that the hands are tied up, they're in a beautiful space, and it might be that they actually are fine to have their feet tied up as well. But then they need to be able to have some way of communicating that rather than the dom just looking going, oh, yeah, we'll be right. So it might not be a good idea if you're new to this to start putting gags on people's mouths, they need to be oh, able to Oh, good heavens, talk. no. Good yeah. heavens, no. No. And you have to have uh, words or signs and signals of what's okay and what's not okay. The safe word. Well, a safe word. So one way of doing it is that you have a safe word, right? And that's a word that has absolutely nothing to do with what you're doing, you know, like bluebell mm-hmm. or something, okay? Can't be, no, no, stop, because <laughs> that might actually end up being part of the play that you're getting into, mm-hmm. right? Um but if it really does get too much for the sub, they can't do it anymore, then they say bluebell, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the dom immediately stops, checks in, how are you? Are you all right? What do you need here? And gives them a cuddle or, or whatever it happens to be. They certainly don't go, oh, what the hell? You're just hopeless. You know, I thought we had all this planned out. You know, are you really spoiling it? <laughs> Well, yes. You might laugh, but if, I've heard things like that. If you, want, if you want to rip a page out of the insensitivity manual. Yes, yes. That's not good doming and it's certainly not tantric, okay? So the other way that you can do it is um, it's like traffic lights. So, so just, just mm. reiterating because it's so important, the safe mm. word should be something that's unusual yes. and short. yes. You don't want to have to say super <laughs> because by the time that you finish the word, yeah. you might be in a really bad yes. space. And yeah. sometimes it can be a very quick thing to go from a really amazing mm. thing to mm. something that, oh, God, this isn't working for me. All of a sudden something's yeah. come up for me. Yeah, something's come up and I'm starting to freak out here. Or it's getting too painful. Mm. Because the thing is, is that 
you want to keep the, the sub wants to stay in this subspace, right? Which is this like altered state of consciousness, this, oh my God, I'm just floating in this beautiful space. It's just gorgeous. And for, with pain, for instance, right? You might have um, something that's quite painful applied to you. And just like you need just the right amount for it to keep you in that space. Because then if it actually gets like biting pain, like pain that you don't like, that's going to snap you out of it straight away. And that's not fun. <laughs> and because part of the fun is often pretending that it isn't fun, the very worst safe words you can have are stop. No. Oh, well, that's not a safe word. <laughs> no, no, because sometimes if you're playing in this space, you might be saying things like that um, because it's not so much that, yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to work with the psychology of the, of the situation and you need to have a word that's very different. Or some people use yellow and red. Right, so yellow means well, this is getting a bit full on. Slow down a little bit, um, and red is stop. Right, mm-hmm. and the important thing that w- whether it's bluebell or or red, it's you stop immediately and you check in and you offer comfort if that's if that's required on the part of the sub, or occasionally the other way around as well. We do have some questions, not very many. I Can think I just we- talk a little bit more sure, about sure, sure. this? Yeah, no, there's just a couple of other things that I wanted to stress. Um, and al- aligned with this is what's called aftercare. Mm-hmm. So after you've engaged in this kind of activity, it's really important that you have a period of, of winding down, of debriefing, of checking, depending on what you've been doing, right, but particularly if it's been quite an intense scene, these are, they call it a scene in the BDSM world, um, that, that there is that aftercare for the sub, but also for the dom as well, because often the dom's taking themselves places that, you know, is out of their comfort zone or, you know, they're pushing themselves in ways as well. So it's really important that the people who've been engaging in that sexual play or that BDSM play. And the last thing that a dom wants to feel is guilty for having trodden on a path that mm. they might not have wanted to or stepped on somebody's toes, literally or, or figuratively. <laughs> I've never heard of that in video and step on your toes, but yes, we're talking... Yes, but obviously, yes. Yes, figuratively. Mm, mm. So that's really important as well. So it's absolutely essential that you talk about it in advance, that you have a way of communicating while it's happening. And if you are wearing, if gags are involved so you can't speak, then you need some other sort of sing- signal as well, like it might be a tap, something like that. You know, tap means slow down or, or stop. And, and then you need to have the aftercare as well. And it might even be a good idea to rehearse something in a low-key Mm-hmm. Um, emotional environment first. Say, so, okay, let's just imagine, just let's do this a few times so that I'm absolutely clear on on the stopping. Well, yeah, like this chap that I was um, that I've mentioned before a couple of times. Before we start playing together, because I was quite new to BDSM at that stage and had never used the concept of a safe word, so he actually was testing me on it before he'd actually go, you know, full on into it. So, like for instance, we'd be walking along the street and he'd start. undoing say the buttons on my shirt and I'd be going oh what are you doing what are you doing and he'd just keep doing it I was going stop stop and he'd go safe word (laughs) and as soon as I said the safe word he stopped he stopped yeah so we actually had to practice that in in a few sort of real situations before he felt comfortable before he felt comfortable that I was going to be responsible enough as as the sub to be able to engage in this sort of thing. Yes, you have to be res- mm. you have to be a responsible sub as much as you have to be a responsible don. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. It's a two-way thing, very much a two-way thing. We'll let people think about that mm. while we go on the break. Have we got another break? Yes, we've got another break. We've been, yes, it is. Uh, obviously you go topic. into some sort of subspace when you're on the I can't tell what the time is. 
Okay. You're supposed to be commanding here. I am. That's what I'm saying. We're going to break now. Oh, are we? <laughs> Welcome back to the Tantric Lounge and Tantric BDSM. Dominance brought, and submission. Brought to you by Lalo. Yes. Uh, our wonderful Swedish sponsors, manufacturers of the most beautiful erotic objects and partner sexual aids. Yes. And today's, um, this week's uh, product du jour, du semain, is the Sensuous Suede Whip. Ta-da. We invite you to look at the Sensuous Suede Whip mm. on the Lalo um, website lelo.com mm. they actually have a sale on at the moment do they yes what a sale yeah, of whips. if you if you <laughs> well on everything oh okay if you if you if you, you click on the website if you go to um answer their worldwide mm-hmm. questionnaire, questionnaire thingy. thingy um they they basically they'll give you 20 percent off their products good heavens that's a that's a bargain that's a bargain so go online and buy some sensuous suede whips well buy one and well, I have several well you, you could i suppose but yes. you actually have, have one two. here yes indeed and it's beautiful and violet and purple and has a, an acrylic day glow handle with mm-hmm. a lovely gold mm. bit at the end and then you've got all of those purple suede tassels yes and I really like these items, and you can use them at very many different levels. It's actually very soft. Yes, absolutely. And you can use it just for tickling. Mm. Yes. So a couple of weeks ago when we were going through um, turning your body into an erogenous zone, you can actually use one of these suede whips as a way of doing that, right? So you can just run it over the skin. So just the ends of the tails are running over the skin. Or you can do little swirly, swirly, swirlies all over the skin as well and yes (laughs) and the thing is is if you actually use it in a more like a whipping motion people often think oh doesn't that hurt but no no it doesn't doesn't hurt and it can make quite a resounding whack whack indeed oh yeah that doesn't hurt at all no and in fact these little suede ones you can use over the particularly erogenous areas so you can actually swirl it twirl it round and round and round and round so that it's flicking, 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 flicking over the nipples or over the genital region. So you get a lot of little light taps. Yeah, so you get the little tap, 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 tap. And you can do it as fast or as hard as you want. I mean, put a bit more oomph behind it and it becomes stronger. But this can be quite a nice way of actually starting to, you know, um, play with the whole pleasure pain thing, right? Because I at, at my, uh, my couples retreats and my weekend retreats, everyone gets one of these as part of their goodie bag. And wow. Yeah, and a lot of people, they get lots Aren't of they goodies. Aren't they lucky? Oh, they get all sorts of goodies. Um, and sometimes people are like, oh, no, we, we're not into that. We don't do that. And then when I start showing them what they can do with it, That's, they're like. They suddenly think, oh, well, we might be into that. Yes. And then they have a little play with each other, with their partners, and it's not long before you start hearing some more serious kind of thwack, thwack, thwacks going on. And people are going, ooh. And as, <laughs> as I explain to people... Things that make you go... Mm. Ooh. Now, I was a martial artist for many, many years. Yes, you were into Aikido. Yes, so for about 15 years, several times a week, I would go into a dojo and be hurled onto the floor at high speed and great strength, right? And you learn to hit the floor and bounce back up again. But you still get this wonderful sort of shock going through your body when you hit the when you hit the ground when you hit the mat you know and you slap it as you go so that the shock's absorbed you know into into your arm and stuff but it's just like oh and it's fantastic and we used to be thrown like we used to have to do it a hundred times at the end of session you know and be like you know get thrown a hundred times whack 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 
whack. And each time you get this wonderful thud going through your body and feel quite elated from it. Now, I don't see that that's any different from having a flogger whacking you, right? So different elements, you might be standing against a St. Andrew's cross or something, and you might have your wrists bound or, or whatever, but you don't have to. And someone's getting it probably a bigger flogger than this particular one and going a thwack, thwack on your back, it's, it's not sharp pain. It's more of a oh, through your whole body, right? Mm. And for me personally, I love that sensation, right? Some people actually like a sharper pain. So there's canes and so forth. Some people like being like hit with a cane. Me personally, I don't like that because it's too painful, right? That doesn't take me to a good space. I'm more of the, the thud, thud type. So this is what I mean by finding out what your particular eroticism is, because there are different kinds of pain. Sure. And there are different rhythms and different intensities, r- different volumes. Mm. But mm. the Lalo sensuous suede whip, which comes mm. in black mm. and this lovely purple mm-hmm. one that you have, as well as that Fire Engine Red, mm-hmm. which I quite like Fire Engine Red, only because it sets off my complexion so well. Um, it, which is so important. Which is so important. Um, great way to start. Yes, with the small, small yeah, start, ones. Start yeah. small. And, and then... you can just do it over the upper back. Like don't never do it around the kidney area, but just start doing it over, you know, and try going a little bit harder. <laughs> and be careful around the face. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And if you are going for the upper back, just make sure that you're not flicking the ear because that will hurt. Mm-hmm. And that'll take that'll take someone out of a nice zone if you if you're doing some nice thwacks on their on their upper shoulder and then and they get you get their ear. Mm. We have a few questions. Um, Rihanna, this is really interesting. I've always had a guilty interest in BDSM, but I felt it was bad mm. and I shouldn't go there. Now you're allowing me to feel that perhaps I could explore it at least a little. Yes. A little. That's a good point. It is a good point. And I also want to stress that nothing is bad, right? That's the whole tantric approach. It's nothing bad. It's about tapping into what's real and what's freeing. It's how you do it, not what you do. So it doesn't matter whether you're in a dungeon or if you're in a swingers club or, I don't know, whatever other out there thing that you're up to. And and in fact... If, in, in fact, if we're going by baby steps, the smallest baby step you can possibly take is in your imagination. Yes. Which possibly is the answer to the next question. No, what's um, that? Roman has asked, I have raised this with my wife and I can tell that there is an interest, but she won't let herself go there. She shrugs me off with a funny comment about how she'd start by tying me up. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not such a funny comment. <laughs> that doesn't appeal at all. Oh, well, so much for that. How can I get her to change her <laughs> mind? Okay. Well, yes, you could read some erotica together that might have these elements and see if it turns you on and then you can talk about it and go, oh, did you like that story? What did you like about it? The other thing, though, is perhaps what Roman's partner's saying there is that she doesn't really feel safe and she wants to play with it a bit. Like you said at the beginning of this show, like maybe you could sort of role play it a bit or, or try out the activities before you really do it in a deep space. And, yeah. Yeah, do it as fun. Do it as fun. Practice tying each other up. You can Get even, out some. Im- you can even be lying next to each other in bed and yep. just closing your eyes and saying, okay, "Okay, I'm now going to do this. Mm-hmm. We're in this situation. Yes, I'm going to do this." Ooh. And then she, uh, and yes. then she says, "Okay, mm. right now I'm going to. F- I feel this, mm-hmm. and they're not actually physically doing, doing anything. No, no. It's entirely in an imaginative yes. space where they have complete control over the situation. Yes, yes." And they- 
And another way of doing that is where you take it in turns. So one person starts create, depicting a scenario and then goes, okay, you take over and say a little bit more and then you go back to the first person. So that's a way of sort of exploring your ideas and your feelings in a really kind of safe, safe and fun way. But you can also just go, okay, let's just go and find a whole lot of implements like we did a couple of weeks ago with, the, mm. with that whole sensory show that we did. You know, we just went out into, into, the, into the house, found lots of stuff, brought them back to the radio place, right? You can do that. Let's, let's experiment with, with bondage and restraint. Let's go and see what we can find. Which is why it's often a good idea for actually to listen to these shows, these blogs, these podcasts mm. in order because mm-hmm. we are very conscious that people have to take these things in stages. Yeah. So explore mm. the becoming, having your, your entire body becoming an erogenous zone. Mm. Then go into something more primal and releasing the inner self so mm. that you give permission, as we mm-hmm. talked about last week, yeah. but permission to become yeah. more primitive, more real, whatever mm. that meant. Mm. Yes, yeah, so and all these earlier and, shows about how to actually get into the tantric exactly, space. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, and mm. then you can mm. progress to these more... Yes. slightly more advanced things. Now, because the other thing that I want to say to Roman, well, and to all the listeners, in fact, is that there are some people who are switchers who like both sort of positions, being the dominant or the submissive. But for most people, there's probably one that you feel more that you like, mm-hmm. okay? So in Roman's case, he might sort of innately find the dominant role more erotically satisfying, okay? Mm-hmm. And it may well be that his wife would find this submissive, who knows? But it's okay to experience the opposite as well. In fact, I'd even encourage people to experience the opposite so that you sort of know and feel what the other person's experiencing. You might not get off on it as much, but it doesn't hurt to try it out. Which explains how, what can happen if you have two doms or two submissives in mm. the same relationship. Yes. Because that they what, have then, then they'll have to just take it in turns and maybe they'll learn to like the opposite role more than they imagine. Mm. Yes, because they're, they're actually quite similar in many ways because they are both about surrendering to the experience. Mm. Jennifer asks, I get this theoretically, but I'm really puzzled about the pain aspect. Can pain really be pleasurable? Yes, it can if it's in applied in the right way. So the pain receptors... Right, right place, right time, right yeah, intensity. Yeah, the, yeah, and it's very much about the intensity, right? Because the pain and pleasure receptors are the same, right? And it, something can go from one to another. I mean, we know that, like... With a massage, someone's massaging you, applying pressure to your muscles, feeling really nice, and then they go too hard, it's not pleasurable anymore, okay? Someone's scratching your skin lightly with their fingernails, and then they dig in too deeply, it's not pleasurable anymore, mm. all right? But there's a point there, there's kind of like this exquisite spot where it's like, oh, is it or isn't it? A lot of people don't like that point because you can only like that point if you can let go and fully experience that that space. And you can only do that if the person who is providing that experience for you is someone that you trust explicitly and they know what they're doing. They're not just some idiot who's kind of like, oh, yeah, I've read Fifty Shades of Grey. Let me dominate you, okay? It's got to, you've, and it's got to be something that you really experiment with and you develop and you cultivate, mm. yeah? And you, you learn how to negotiate in a beautiful way with the person who's doing it with you. But the thing about pain as pleasure is that it's actually not experienced as unpleasant. No. Because then it's not pleasure and therefore it's not BDSM. Given that time has simply flown and we don't know 
we, we, don't, mm. we don't have a, a huge amount of time. Yes. What can we What can we give our listeners to take home with them so that they can pr- try this in the pri- privacy of their own home? Yes. Okay. So here's a nice little thing for them to do. So start in advance deciding who's going to be which role. Okay. And then do some of the tantric exercises that I've shared with you over the last several months. The breathing. Breathing, eye gaze. You know, lying together and so forth, so that you start that that sinking in thing, right? And then you stand together. You stand up and you face each other, right? And the one who is going to be in the dominant role, I want you to sort of energetically have a sense of drawing your partner to you, right? You really have to start, you know, cathecting <laughs> that that's the, the the dominant element of the divine in a way, yeah. So you're really feeling that that power. Right? And that, that power is drawing your partner. And if you're the one who's in the submissive position, you really want to let go and open yourself up to that energy and see if you can actually feel the draw, feel that you can move towards your partner. right? And then once you feel it, you move towards them. Okay, And then the dominant partner will be the one who then takes you on a journey and doing beautiful things to you. Now, if you're new to this, don't do anything too out there. It's actually, you know, you can just gather a whole heap of implements from around the house and just say, lie there. Right? It could be put your hands above your head and don't move while I test out these different things on you. Um, Should, but you might be taking out a, a small spoon rather than the sunbeam mix master. <laughs> One would hope so. One yes. would hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I should stress, I didn't say in advance that you would also have discussed, you know, safe words and what you might like to do and not do. And it's always better, especially when you're starting to be overly, you know, um, less, more restrained than than not in terms of what you might explore. Um, and, And play around with these three concepts of restraint, pain and command, right? So the command can be quite simple things like I want you to go up to the bedroom remove all of your clothes and stand there waiting for me, right? And the submissive goes up there and waits, right? And often in the waiting, it's, there's a lot of beauty in the spaces. If you're doing tantric BDSM, there's a lot of space. There's a lot of in, in there, right? Delicious or, anticipation. Yeah, yes. Or just stand against the wall. I'm looking at you. And that's all that happens for a while, Okay. Um, so you can experiment with some of the command stuff in that way. Or if you want to be more instructive, you can say, I want you to go and find six implements for me to use on you. All right. Um, experimenting with the restraint. Yes, there's all sorts of things. We've already covered that. You know, you can use scarves, belts. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be rope and chain and things that's, like that. That's interesting, the, the six instruments that well, I can use on you because mm. you're also giving the uh, the sub some dot some. Permission, permission to say what they like and don't yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can also instruct the sub to give you feedback as well. Yeah. Um, and then with the pain thing, yeah, just increase the intensity of various, you know, whether it's scratching or pinching nipples or and whatever hap- whippy type. And whatever happens at the end of it, just mm. simply reflect. Reflect. Take time. Yeah, the aftercare, Budget care, enough the time sharing. for this. Budget enough it, time. It takes time. It takes, it takes time. time. Yeah. As has this program, which mm. has really flown. It has indeed. I can't believe we've come to the end of it already. 
So, um, mm. what's for next week? We have a guest. Yes, we're talking about the future of sex. We're future talking with sex. a futurologist. That's right, about mm. the future of sex. Mm. So that should be rather interesting, I think. Mm. So in the meantime, if this has um, stimulated your um, erotic taste buds, then there's plenty for you to take away and experiment with. We hope that we've aroused your curiosity as well as other portions of your anatomy. Ooh, you're using that voice again, Xavier, that voice. We'll see you <laughs> next week. We will indeed. Farewell, listeners. <laughs>